as we go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2. Just follow along with me. River's excited. <laughs> In Deuteronomy chapter 1, beginning at verse 2, the Bible says that it was an 11-day journey. Now, what is exactly the Bible talking about here? The Bible, Moses was speaking to the history of Israel. All of us know the story of the Israelites. And the Israelites, they were in bondage for almost 400 years. They cried out to God. They wanted a change in their life. Can you just show me your hands today if there's something in your life right now, at least one thing in your life that you can change? Just one thing. You say, Pastor, this is what I want to change in my life. And I'm not sure if that change is something you want to change within yourself. The people of Israel were in bondage for 400 years. They wanted a change in their life. And maybe that's you today. You're saying, I want a change in my life. I want a change. Maybe the change you want is in yourself. Maybe the change you want is in someone else in your life, but you can't really say that right now because they're next to you. Maybe you want a change in your future. Whatever it is, it's amazing how, how many people today are not happy. They're really not happy because they have convinced themselves that unless something changes about this in my life, I will never be happy. I will never be the person I want to be. So we're all desperate and we can understand that the people of Israel, they just wanted a break in life. They wanted to get out of their bondage. They wanted to be free. So they cried out to God. And God heard their prayer. God heard their, he saw their tears and God made a way for them to be set free. And as Moses is talking about this history, there's something that I read that just brought conviction to me because as I read this, the Bible says that the journey from Horeb, the, the Mount Sinai, to the Promised Land. Now, the Promised Land was the, the land of blessing, the land of favor, the land of, of better. The Promised Land, the Bible says here, should have only taken 11 days. Now, I want that to sink into your heads for a moment. Because the Bible, Moses is reminding the people... After 40 years of bondage in the desert, after 40 years of wandering in the desert, Moses tells the people, I just want to remind you guys that this entire journey that God had for us, the plans and the best and the blessings God had for you, it should have only taken 11 days. And yet it took us 40 years to get to the place where God originally wanted us to be. It took 40 years when it should have taken just 11 days. But within those 11 days, the people began to live in fear and they live in doubt and they started living in sin and they had no faith in God and they started questioning the goodness of God. They started idol worshiping. They started thinking the worst of God. And because of their lack of faith and trust and their disobedience, Obedience. The Bible says that they wandered for 40 years, but it's how they wandered that really grabbed my attention. They wandered in circles for 40 years. Circles around the same mountain for 40 years. You see, the Israelites, they found themselves in what's called a holding pattern. Let me explain to you what a holding pattern is. Because today, through the help of the Holy Spirit, I really feel led to preach on how to break the holding patterns in your life. How many of you need this right now? They found themselves in what's called a holding pattern. See, a holding pattern is defined in two ways. One is defined as making no progress and making no change. That's one definition of a holding pattern. It's where you're going around the same thing and nothing changes about your situation. Nothing changes about your life. It's the same 
progress. There's no progress. There's no chain. And if that's you today, you're in a holding pattern. But holding pattern also has another definition. It's also a flight term. Let me show you this picture exactly what a, a holding pattern is in aviation. A holding pattern is see that red dot that you see right there is the destination. It's where that plane wants to go. It's where it should go. It's where it should be. It's the journey to there that we all think about. That red dot represents home. It represents the goal. It represents the destination, the end. That's where I want to be. You see, what happens though, as an airplane begins to take flight, sometimes for many reasons, it can be traffic in the runway. It can be bad weather. It could be delay. The flight has to hold. It can't land. So what happens is that instead of landing on that red dot, the destination, that airplane has to go around in circles until it finally has permission to land. And that circle, that holding pattern can be 5 minutes, 15 minutes, 45 minutes, even up to 2 hours going in circles and going in circles, and going in circles. And here's the torture about being in a holding pattern. You know the destination, you know where you want to get to, you know where you want to be, but because of certain circumstances, you find yourself not making any progress, not seeing any change, and you're just going around the same circle over and over and over and over again. That is a holding pattern. You see, it's frustrating to be in a holding pattern. I remember when I was in a holding pattern recently, just two or three months ago, actually my holding pattern was on the flight to California the day I got married on my honeymoon. I had a destination. I wanted to land in San Francisco. I wanted to enjoy my honeymoon. I wanted to show Jerrica how beautiful California once was. I wanted her to see how exciting it is. I had plans. I had mapped out the entire two weeks of our honeymoon. It was all paid for. We all planned it. Everything was great. But I noticed that as I saw the California coastline, and as I saw the city of San Francisco from far away, there was a sense of excitement. Excitement. There was a sense of joy. I'm like, gosh, we're here. And all of a sudden, the plane went around it. And I, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And then it did it again. And guess what? It happened again. And that excitement I once had to see the lights of San Francisco turned to dread as I said, oh, here we go again. Going around the same thing. I quickly got tired. I got frustrated. I, I grew impatient. I got angry. Because there's nothing worse than being in a holding pattern. When you have this desire to where you want to be but you find yourself making no change, making no progress, and going around the same thing. And when that plan finally landed, I was already so worn out from the holding pattern that I just, I just stood up because my back was killing me. And Jerry and I were actually talking about this this morning, but... Let me be honest with you, as I, as I stood up quickly, because I wanted to get out of that silver tube so bad, there was one guy that looked at me and said, what's the rush? And I said, I'm just standing up. And then the guy said something that really bothered me. He said, oh... You must be from Hialeah. You did. 
You don't talk like that to someone that's been in the holding pattern. And he was sitting there in the chair. And I kind of just walked up a little, took one step in front of him and said, I am from the great city of Hialeah. And I said, is that going to be a problem? And he said, no, no, I like Hialeah. I like it. It's great. It's great. But you see, don't judge me. Because I wonder how frustrated and angry and impatient you've been. Because let me land this sermon home to you now. Some of you are in a holding pattern in your life. Some of you are going around the same problem over and over. And just when you think you're, you're making progress, you go back to where you were. The thing about holding patterns is they're frustrating. They're not meant to happen for the entire duration of your life. You, you stay in a holding pattern long enough, you burn fuel, you run empty, and many people are in a fight pattern, this holding pattern, and you already feel the burnout. You feel the fuel, the emptiness, the weariness. You say, how long do I have to go through this? How long do I have to be here? How long must I go around the same circle, the same problem, the same circumstances? And there are so many of us that so saddens me that we have this destination in our minds, a red dot that God has put in our hearts. This is where I want you to be. This is the promised land for you. I have a better life for you. I have a plan for you. I have favor for you. And many of you have a desired destination you have in your own heart, in your own life, something you want to see happen. And maybe that's a financial destination. You say, Pastor, I just, I just want to get out of debt. I just want to live to be a giver. I want to live to be blessed financially. But every time I try to save, something happens. And every time I try to make ends meet, I just go around the same problem, the same circles, the same situation. Many of you have a final destination for your marriage. For some of you, it's to be married. That's your destination. But you're going around the same circle, the same losers you're dating and swiping. And you can't find anyone, the same circle. And you're married now. And then you go through a final destination with them. And you're going around the same problems with each other. Nothing changes. You keep getting mad. We keep fighting. We, we're not intimate. We don't spend time together. And just when I think things are good and things are better, we go back to the same thing and we're in a holding pattern in this marriage we're just going in circles and eventually it's going to run out of gas you're in a holding pattern with your children and you're going around the same circle the same situation with them and you tell them to stop you tell them to change and just when you think they're getting better they make the same mistake again they're in a holding pattern because children are not Exempt from holding patterns. Maybe your destination is spiritual and you're saying, I, I want to be more close to God. I want to pray more, read my Bible more. I want to come to church more, serve more. I want to be around the presence of God more. But every time I try and I'm making progress, I get lazy. I, something happens. I get busy. I get distracted. And then I just go back to my old ways of backsliding and not giving my best to God. And then I go back again and say, Lord, forgive me. And then I'm making progress. And then I go back and then I go forth and I'm in a circle I'm in a holding pattern and rather than reaching that desired destination you get stuck you go in circles making no progress seeing no change do you think that's a life that God wants you to live 
Do you think that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that his children can be in a holding pattern the rest of their earthly life so they can be miserable, empty with no joy, going around the same problem and sin and circumstances? No, Jesus died so that we can be free and live in his promises and live in his blessings and favor. But see, the Israelites, they had a holding pattern. It should have ended a while, 11 days. It took 40 years. You have to ask yourself, why am I in a holding pattern? Why do I go in circles? Why do I keep doing the same thing? Why has this been a problem for years in my life? Why have I accepted this in my family for decades? Why am I allowing this to hold me? Why am I going in circles with this? Is it because of how I grew up? Maybe there's been holding patterns in your childhood that still hold you today. Is it because of this person? Is it because of that person? Is it because of the situations in life? Is it because life has been unfair to me that I have allowed this holding pattern? Why do holding patterns take a hold of us? Here's the answer. Holding patterns happen as a result of what you choose to do repeatedly. That's what a pattern is. A pattern is something you do repeatedly. And every holding pattern in your life is a result of only choices you continue to make. Choices you continue to do. You cannot blame people You cannot blame government. You cannot blame God. You cannot blame life. Holding patterns are holding you because of the simple mistakes and choices that you repeatedly continue to do. And it astonishes me how many of us complain about the circles in our lives and the problems in our life, but we do nothing to change the things that got us there in the first place. Holding patterns only happen because of what I repeatedly do. Let me make it simple for us to understand. You are where you are because you do what you do and change not what needs to change. Let me say that one more time. You are where you are because you repeatedly continue to do what you do and don't change what not to change, what has to change in your life. And many of us, while we're in the holding pattern, going in circles in the same problem, it's a, it just amazes me when I sit down with people for counseling. I don't have to tell them ever, ever, ever. I never have to tell them what they need to change. It's amazing as a pastor throughout the years, I've discovered the people know how to change. They just don't want to do it. I don't have to waste their time or my time, which they do waste my time, because they say, Pastor, I don't know what's wrong. And then I get down deeper and it surprises me. that They know what's wrong. They know what needs to change. They just don't want to do it. They don't just, they don't have the, the willingness and the discipline to do it. So you stay where you are because you've adapted to this holding pattern. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. God had a promise for them that should have taken only 11 days. But they found themselves in a pattern of circling the same mountain for 40 years because there was a pattern 
in those 11 days. And here's the pattern. One of the patterns was just simply sinning. They, they would worship idols and then say, God, forgive us, and God would forgive them, but then they went back to it again. There was a pattern of complaining. Every time there was a problem, they would complain and complain and complain, and then God would teach them and correct them, and then they would correct it, okay, God, we got it, and then they went around the same complaining pattern because something else happened. And then they had a pattern of doubt. They thought God had abandoned them in those 11 days. They thought God had forgotten them, that God was mad at them, that they were going to be there and die, and they were left there to die. And they doubted in the promises of God through Moses. They doubted in God's goodness. They doubted in God's faithfulness and power. It was a pattern, and there was a pattern of fear. They always worried about what was going to happen, and what if, and what's next. And there came a point that God said that that's enough. And he caused them to circle for 40 years. It's not like they did something one time wrong and God said, oh, that's it. The promise is gone. I can't do it. No, God gave them chance after chance after chance to change, to repent, to make the changes. They knew what needed to change, but they just did not want to do it. And they found themselves in a holding pattern for 40 years. Missing the blessing and the promises and the favor of God. I wonder how many bad patterns are you circling right now in this church this morning? I wonder if there's a pattern of, of anger. And it's not that you got angry one time. No, it's that you keep getting angry. You become an angry person. And when you become angry, because all of us anger, even Jesus got angry. But there's a difference of getting angry and becoming angry. When you become angry, it is a part of your character. So you take it out on the kids. You take it out on your spouse. You take it out on people and strangers and life. And you live your life angry. And the minute something happens, you blow up, you break things, you curse, you shout, you hurt people. Why? Oh, because I'm angry. And then you say, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I said that. Honey, forgive me. Kids, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. And it's good for a day or two or a week. And then something else happens and you go back to your anger. That's a holding pattern. Maybe it's a pattern of guilt. You're hard on yourself all the time. You can't receive the forgiveness of the Lord. You keep telling yourself, I'm no good. I'm good for nothing. God is mad at me. And every time you say, okay, Lord, forgive me. And I receive your forgiveness. And there's a peace and there's a joy in you. The devil condemns you again. And then you go back to your past. You go back to your mistakes. You go back to why did I do that? And why did I say that? And why am I so dumb? And how could I have done that? And you're going around the same circle of guilt. Maybe it's a jealousy pattern in your life. And jealousy has a hold on you. And every time you get over one person, you naturally start comparing yourself to someone else. How they live and how where they live and who they're married to and how much money they make and what they drive and why not me and why them and not me, God. And it's all unfair and I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough because I'm not like them. And just when you feel like you've gotten over that and you, you're confident again, you meet someone else or go to someone else's social media page and then you go back to the circle of comparison, the circle of envy, the circle of jealousy, and you tell yourself like the Lion King, that's just the circle of life. I'm in a holding pattern. It's a pattern of negativity. It becomes who you are. You just see fault everywhere. 
You just look at everything and the first thing you look at is what's wrong with it. And why is life so hard and, and this is wrong and this is bad and this could be better and there's a holding pattern of negativity. There's a holding pattern of quitting all the time. There's a holding pattern of sin in your life. And you keep telling yourself, I'm going to change this. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to move on from this. And you just, when you start, something happens and you go back. It's no wonder holding patterns run you dry and empty because you keep going back and back and back to the same problems. And God says this in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3. God said, you have circled this mountain long enough. You have circled this mountain long enough. It's enough. What if God has had enough of your patterns? And God is looking at you empty. God is looking at you tired. God is looking at you frustrated. God is looking at you not living the life that He died on the cross for you to live. And He's looking at your, your life right now and He says, you've circled this long enough. It's enough. Now turn north, He says. When I read that, I realized what God was saying. When God says, now turn north, He's saying, you've been around this long enough. It's time for a change of direction. How many of you need a change of direction in your life today? One person, amen. God says, I need a change of direction. But notice what God said. You've circled this mountain enough. There comes a point that you can no longer accept or settle for your holding pattern. You have to get like God and say, I've had enough of living like this. And God says, you have circled this mountain long enough. And God says, now turn north. The key word here is that God said the word now. God did not say later, when you have time, when you feel up to it, when, when you're not so tired, when you're not so busy, when, when you get your life together, God said you need a change of direction and it has to happen right now. Now is the day. Jesus says today is the day of salvation. We serve a God of now, not later. We live in a culture of later. We look at what needs to change and we say maybe later. You look at yourself in your mirror and you say one day I'm going to change this. But it's not now. Because I got Forward Fellowship's Christmas dinner next weekend. Amen. So I'm not going to, but New Year's, New Year's. And New Year's, guess what happens when, let's give a timeline, two weeks? Holding pattern. Oh, I'm back. 2023 is my year. That's it, I mean it. I mean, this is my year. And you go in circles. God looks at you and He says, have you had enough of this? Have, have, you've circled this long enough. What if God said, you've been a Christian 10 years and you're still going around this? You're still... You've gone long enough. You need a change of direction. And it has to happen now.
But here's the thing, because I know my church. You're going to pray after, sir. I'm going to call you to the altar this morning. Because there's going to be like a Holy Spirit butterfly in your tummy. And you're going to say to yourself, that's it. Pastor's right. I've had enough of this. And some of you won't last a parking lot. Lunch. Monday. And you say to yourself, that's it. But here's what God said. Can we put Deuteronomy 2.3 again? I want to show you this. God said, you've circled this mountain long enough. Now, turn. And this is going to hurt your little feelings, but I've got to preach it. God gave them the responsibility to do it. God told them, I'm giving you the open opportunity and the blessing and the grace to change direction and you can change it now, but you have to be the one to turn. I'm not going to turn you. You have to turn. The, the responsibility falls on us. God is not going to change the direction for you. He will only give you the grace to do it. But you have to do the doing in order to do the changing. It's a choice that you have to make. Your pastor can't do it for you. Your family, your church can't do it. God can't do it for you. God says, I will help you do it. But you have to make the choice to break this pattern. I know you thought you were coming into a Christmas sermon. Not today. The fact that God says you've circled this mountain long enough should give us this, this excitement to praise Him because it literally tells us that your pattern can be broken. You can have a change of direction in your life. God can change the direction of your life, your marriage, your children, your family, your future, your church, this church. God can break any pattern that is holding you. But it starts with you and it starts right now. Stop making excuses. Stop being a victim. Stop passing blame. Because God said, not, hey Israel, hey group people, no, God said, you, the responsibility is on you because you have what you have in your life because you have chosen to do it repeatedly. It's you. No, no, pastor, it's not me. My holding pattern of anger, my holding pattern of jealousy and negativity is because of my job, is because of Miami, is because of my family, my kids, my spouse. No, God said, it's you. You turn. You change directions. Stop pointing fingers. Stop blaming, fault-finding, excusing. Stop being lazy with your pattern. Get angry at this pattern in your life that has robbed you of the blessings of God. Get angry with the pattern of your life that has broken your marriage or is breaking it at this moment. Get angry with the pattern you've had because it has kept you from the best life that God has already given you. Don't belittle your pattern. Don't excuse your pattern. Don't say everyone else has this pattern. God says the responsibility falls on you. You have circled this long enough. No change. Romans 12, 2 tells us this. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed. Other translations say, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Because that's what that word conformed means. It's a pattern. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to stop for a second right here because the Bible warns us first that your patterns, you can conform to bad patterns. And I see it all the time as a pastor. I see terrible patterns in people and, and they treat it like it's just who they are. Like, hey, it's been in my family for years. It's, it's just who I am. And I've gotten used to it. Yeah, I know it's wrong. I know I need to change, but what can you do? And I'm like, a lot. But if you're not careful, church, those bad patterns in your life can become conformity. What does that mean? Well, the word conform has the word form in it. Because that's what it does. The word conform there literally means to shape and to mold. Let me illustrate this for you because I want to really bring it to understanding using Plato. Remember this? This is how you conform to bad patterns in your life. You first have to take a hold of it. And what happens is, there's a big difference between molding and shaping. When you mold something, it's a process. So I want to make a bowl right now, because it's all I can make. Thanks, Maria. So to make a bow, I know I have to curve it. But see, I can't just do it once. Oh, here's my bow. No, it's a molding process. So I have to keep pressing it, keep forming it. I got to keep pressing it down the middle. I got to keep doing this and keep doing that. See, that's what molding is. That's how holding patterns happen. It's something you do not just once, but you keep doing it and keep doing it, and keep doing it, and your father did it, and your mother did it, and your grandmother did it, and her husband did it, it's in my family, I've done it since I was a child, it's just what I do, and you keep doing it, and you keep going through it, and you keep doing it, and, you, and you're molding. And all of a sudden, you mold it long enough, it takes shape. And here's where patterns hold you. You do something long enough, it shapes you. It shapes your personality. It shapes your character. It shapes the way you think. It shapes the way you are. It shapes the way you live. It shapes the way you do things. It's what you become. You are a product of the process you've allowed yourself to do. It's not just, oh, I did it one time and it became a part of you. No, it's that you kept doing it. What happens with sin? We keep doing it and it takes a hold of us. And once it shapes us, it just becomes a part of you. So as this little bowl gets shaped, now what happens is if I would leave it here and come back this very hour next Sunday, this, have, this little clay here would have settled and hardened. That's what happens with patterns in your life. You begin to mold you. You keep doing it long enough, it shapes you. And as it shapes you, you kind of settle for it. And it just becomes who you are. And, it, and it's transferable to your kids even. Even God said the sin of the parents visits the third and fourth generation. Patterns are hereditary. 
And it becomes a part of you. You just settle for it. And as, as your pastor, I just pray that you have not settled for something that God has not settled for. But it's amazing how many people just say, oh, I just settled with this. I, this is just who I am. This is a part of my life. I've just accepted it. So when we have all these negative, hurtful, damaging patterns, and it just becomes something we settle with. Now God gives us two forms. He gives us conform or transform. The choice is yours. You can look at your evil holding pattern you have right now, and I'm preaching like all of us are guilty. It's very rare for me to preach a sermon that I know without a doubt apply to all of us in the room. So here's your archer. I say R because I'm with you. You can conform or you can transform. But it's your choice. You look at your holding pattern, you can conform to it by making excuses and you just keep doing it and justifying it and, and just belittling it and you can just say, oh, and you just settle for it. Or you can, like God said, you've circled long enough with this, you've conformed this way long enough. Do you want to conform or do you want to be transformed? Now the word transform is the Greek word metamorpho where we get the word metamorphosis from. And you see, metamorphosis is the process of the complete and utter change. It's not the type of change we're used to where you change on Sunday, but you're back on Monday. See, a metamorphosis experience is you change in such a way it's for good. You never go back to that. That's the transformation Jesus wants to bring to your life. It's not the type of change you say, well, okay, I'll change it, I'll be good for a while, and then you're back to it. No, that's a holding pattern. That's why when you see a caterpillar go through the metamorphic stages, and it becomes a pattern of a butterfly, you never see a butterfly acting like a caterpillar again. I've never seen a butterfly wiggling, crawling. Why? Because they've changed. Their worldview has changed. Their whole life has changed. They don't even hang out with caterpillars anymore. But some of you are still wiggling, still crawling. Asking God, change me, please change. God, I want this change. And God says, I want to change too. But it has to happen now and it's up to you. Do you want to be conformed or transformed? And we read this passage wrong. I've, I've read this wrong myself. I said, wait a minute. We read this and we say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the minute you read the word mind there, you automatically think what? The way you think. And it has a, to do with thinking, but it's different. Let me explain this to you. How many of you have ever thought to yourself, Okay, that's it. You've made up your mind. That's it. I'm, I'm changing this. And it was in your, and you changed your thoughts. And you said, okay, that's it. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then you, you do it, and then you fail, and you go back to your old ways. Can you show me your hands? Here, here's the thing. You thought about it. Some of you on Sunday, oh, wait, I changed my, that's it, pastor's right, that's it, I'm right, pen, I'm going to the altar, I'm praying, I'm confessing, that's it, it's over, and then this week, by the end of the next Sunday, you're back on the other day, Lord, forgive me, I haven't changed it, but this time I mean it, Lord, I promise you, I'm thinking different. So it can't just mean your thoughts, because I've had thoughts, and I said, that's it, Lord, I forgive me, I'm changing, this is it, and then I, I'm in the holding pattern again. As we near... 
The end of December now, when we come to December in the end, and January comes, right before midnight, your thoughts are going to be enthusiastic. You're going to say, this is my year. I'm going to fit into my middle school pants again. You don't have them because you gave up on it. That's great. Oh, this is, the New Year's is going, I've made up my mind. This is it. This is my goal. And in your mindset, this is it. You're thinking it. And what happens? Honestly, 93% of New Year's resolutions fail. So it's not a thought. So if you think you're going to think your way out of a holding pattern, you're wrong. So what did God mean when He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? The word mind there in the Greek is the word naus. That word means perception and understanding. Let me explain to you why God said, do not conform but transform by the naus of your mind. The transformation experience can only happen with your perception. Perception is how you see things. Now stay with me. When Saul was killing Christians, murdering Christians, living wrong, he had an encounter with Jesus. It wasn't just that he said, okay, I think I'll stop killing Christians. No, his entire perception of how he lived, his entire perception of what he thought was right was actually wrong. His perception of Jesus changed. And as his perception changed, his entire life changed. And he never went back to killing and persecuting the church. There was no holding pattern anymore. He broke free because his perception changed. And this is why God said you can only change with perception. Because your perception cannot change by yourself. Your perception can only change when you draw near to God. Spending time in His Word. Spending time in prayer. Spending time in His church. Spending time studying, spending time getting to know God. And as you get closer to God, your perception begins to change. And when your perception change, your patterns begin to change. And they change for good. And they change once and for all. And you have a metamorphic experience that you don't go back to who you used to be. Because I now see and understand things differently. Before Jesus Christ, there were things in your life you understood were okay. But after your perception change, you look back and you say, what was I thinking? That's transformation. It's not just that you think and I'm going to change my thoughts and I'm going to be positive. No, you begin to draw near to God in such a way that your perception changes. See, Israel got in trouble and never got to the promised land because their perception of God was all wrong. They thought that He'd abandoned them, that He was wrong, that He'd forgotten them. And God said, that is it. And the first generation died in the desert. But it was always about perception. Perception will change your life. But see, transformation can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. And many of you want to change your life, but you don't want to do it by drawing near to God. So you can think all you want. This is it. I'm going to change. I'm done with this pattern in my life. I'm done going in circles. But it's not until you draw near to God and repent of your sins and fall at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I just need to understand who you are. I need to understand who you are about, what you tell me to live. I need to understand your word. I need to pray. I need to worship. I need to be in the presence of God. And as you spend more time in God's word, as you spend more time in the church, as you spend more time in Bible study, your perceptions of everything begins to change. Your worldview changes. And when that understanding changes, your patterns begin to change. Patterns don't change just because you think different. Because your thoughts, you can think one way and then think back the same the other day. If you want to see a change in your life and see the patterns broken in your life, 
My question to you this morning is, how near are you to God? Not how have you been thinking. How near are you to God? Because as you begin to draw near to God, have an encounter like Saul did with Jesus, it begins to change your perception. That you no longer go back to those things that you once conformed to. See, so God says transformation can only happen by me. I've had enough. And as we close, I wonder today if God just looks at you and says, you circled this mountain long enough. Now, say that with me. Say now. Now is a change of direction. Some of you are going to have to make this choice. Am I going to do this now? Or am I just going to assume this message wasn't for me? This, I'm just going to assume that maybe later, or, 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 or maybe it's, I, I don't think I can do it. No, you're going to have to make a choice today. To conform or to be transformed. One way or another, you're going to leave this church already made one decision. Either to conform or to be transformed. What if God is telling you this morning that I've put in the heart of Pastor David this message and not a message about the nativity or baby Jesus or Christmas or Jesus is the reason for the... No, listen. God brought this to my heart today because maybe today is your now. A change of direction is now. And God says that pattern can be broken right now, but you're not going to think your way out of it. You're going to have to draw near to me. And as you draw near to God, You begin to learn more, walk more with Him. And your perceptions begins to change. So stop telling yourself, I'm going to change this. You can never change. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we receive only by Jesus Christ. So let today be your now and not your later. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I wonder this morning today if you're saying there's a holding pattern in my life. There's addiction in my life. There's sin in my life. There's lust, adultery. There's lying. There's anger. There's impatience, guilt, condemnation, jealousy. There's, there's envy. There's rage. There's violence. There's unhappiness, there's a pattern of brokenness in my life, my marriage, my children. There's a brokenness about me, Pastor, that I think I can't change. And I say in Jesus' name, you can't change. And that's the most freeing thing I could ever tell you. You cannot change, nor will you ever, without the power of Jesus Christ that you need to draw near. God is saying this morning, you've circled this mountain long enough. You've said, I'm sorry, long enough. you said, this was the last time, long enough. What if God has a whole other life for you? A whole other promised land for you that you should have been in a long time ago? The 11-day journey took 40 years because of a holding pattern. And I wonder what God is withholding from you today.
because of the holding patterns in your life. Maybe it's a holding pattern that you grew up with. In Jesus' name, it can be broken. No matter what generational curse you have today, it can be broken in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, today is the day of salvation. And as we pray today, let me first pray for you. And then I want to invite you to this altar as an act of public surrender that today is your now. Don't let this opportunity go by. But you just say, Lord, I'm just going to draw near to you. So the choice is yours. You're going to come form or transform. Father, I come to you in your presence with fear and reverence because we deserve nothing from you. And Father, we declare that we are just mere human. We, we can't change, Lord. And there's holding patterns in our life that have robbed us of our joy, our peace, and the promises that you've given it has broken our families. It has broken our marriages and our children. It has caused us to have this mental breakdown. It has caused us to cry. Father, I believe today you're telling our church we've circled long enough to open up the hearts of those who need to just draw near to you. Let's all stand to our feet as we remain in prayer. Right now, I want to invite you to come to this altar today if you feel led to give your life to Jesus and surrender to Him. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I've surrendered my life to Jesus, but I'm in a holding pattern. I want you to come to this altar this morning as well and lay your pattern before Jesus' feet. Lay your pattern in the altar and say, Lord, I confess this is my pattern that I am tired of circling. And now, Lord, and only now do I ask that you be the one that transforms me as I draw near to you. Jesus, Sam, you come forward right now if this is your heart. Amen. Amen. We remain in prayer today. I want you to take a moment to just pray and ask the Lord right there to reveal holding patterns that need to break. Confess your holding patterns to the Lord. If God has had enough of your mountain, shouldn't you? Heavenly Father, we just ask you this morning to hear our prayers and petitions. And Lord, I pray for the holding patterns in our life. The things that we circle and circle and are tired of circling. Father, we desperately need change. But we get tired of failing and trying and failing. And failure is our holding pattern. And trying is our holding pattern. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name, knowing that only you have the power to transform. So I pray that you give them a heart to draw near to you, to fall in love with you. And not this world, but to fall in love with you in your word, in your church, Lord, that it just causes them to change their perception of the world and perception of sin and perception of their failures. And Father, it just causes them to see how you see, Lord. 
bring us the type of change that is once and for all. Help us to reach the promise. To be the people you've called us to be. And in Jesus' name, holding patterns be broken. Childhood patterns be broken. Marital patterns be broken. Patterns in our children that aren't even in church right now be broken. Future patterns help us, Lord, to stay away from. Set us free. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Freedom is only in you, the Son. We pray this with humility in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you give God praise today for that message? Amen. And amen.